wormholes, ancients, and floating camera balls. Oh my. All this and more coming up on this episode of Lasers and Lockets, the podcast all about strong and complex female characters in science fiction and fantasy entertainment. This is episode 26. Welcome back to the show. I'm Lee, your friendly neighborhood host. Before we dive into the show, here's some randomly nerdy news you can use. News. X-Men films have been a staple in theaters for nearly 20 years, and this era appears to be coming to an end with the iconic story of Jean Grey, Dark Phoenix, on June 7th. I'll be seeing it for sure, as I've seen almost every other X-Men film from the beginning. I'm excited to see how Jean Grey's story is told. I found this really great Sci-Fi Wire interview with Sophie Turner, who plays Jean. I'll leave the link in the show notes. It's been over 100 days since a delay was put on the filming of Season 4 of Winona Earp. If you're an Earper, this is your friendly reminder to politely no-chill the heck out of social media and use the hashtag FightForWinona when you do. We're hoping to hear something soon. I hate to admit that I've been losing hope but I am trying to remain as cautiously optimistic as I can. Does anyone else feel the same way? Lastly, the CW announced two series of note coming up in its fall lineup, Batwoman and Nancy Drew. I wasn't too surprised when Batwoman was announced, after she appeared in the crossover event with Arrow, Supergirl, and Flash this year. It seemed like a natural spin-off or new series to approach in the DC universe, especially with the end of Arrow. Nancy Drew, while not sci-fi or fantasy, is just one that I might be giving a try. I loved the series of books when I was a child, and it fits in a nice nostalgic place for me, much like Riverdale or those kind of shows. All right, on with the show. Tonight's episode, if you haven't guessed, from the title or teaser, is all about Stargate Universe, a retro review. SGU was the third Stargate series and ran from 2009 to 2011, just two seasons. The best way I can describe it is as though Star Trek Voyager and Battlestar Galactica had a wild night and SGU is its love child. It has a lot of elements of humor and hope like Voyager with the grittiness and edge and visual style of Battlestar Galactica. To be perfectly transparent... I am a Stargate noob. I'm sure I would have randomly seen glimpses of an episode from time to time when I was younger, but I never watched the show faithfully or even in a full episode. I tried several times to start SG-1 and Atlantis and got quite bored after 20 or so minutes. Stargate Universe was different for me. The storyline drew me in immediately, and I have been binging through the two seasons. Since it is only two seasons, it's pretty easily digestible. There are four leading women for us to consider this evening. Three main ones and then kind of a side one. TJ, Chloe, Camille, and Lieutenant James. Let's start with Chloe, I think. Yeah. Chloe is played by Elise Levesque, a Canadian actress. Did I mention that this production is a Canadian-American production? much like Andromeda and a few other sci-fi series. 
anyway, <laughs> best known, um, Elise is best known for this and for playing the witch Genevieve on the originals, a spinoff of Vampire Diaries. Chloe Armstrong is the daughter of a U.S. senator who gets pulled with a group of scientists and military personnel from a research planet that melts down through a stargate to an ancient spaceship called Destiny. They thought they were going through a stargate to Earth, but something went terribly awry. Chloe was and remains one of my least favorite characters on the show. I found her whiny and overacted, and she hasn't evolved much beyond that uh, as far as I've seen in the series. As the series does go on, her character does get a little bit more meat to it. And perhaps that is one of the strongest suits of Stargate Universe, its desire to build deep characters beyond the surface. You get some pretty incredible episodes where you get to explore and deepen what you understand about each of the characters. Chloe so far hasn't become any deeper to me, though. Um, her or Eli. I don't like either of them very much. Maybe, you know, it's funny because Eli is actually the one who's a lot of the humor on the show, but him and Chloe just uh, haven't really gone much beyond what they originally were at the beginning of the series. Chloe is an incredibly intelligent person. It's mentioned that she was the one who suggested the government build the complex puzzles into the video games so that they could um, determine who the brightest mathematicians were for joining their mission. However, beyond that, Really, she just was in the shadow of her father all along, and then now she's in the shadow of Lieutenant Scott, or she doesn't really come to evolve much beyond that. Um, people on the crew do try to be friends with her, like TJ and, um, and Camille and some others. Eli, of course, has a huge crush on her, <laughs> but there are things that she does to alienate them from her um, at different points in season one, especially. So it's kind of interesting. I hope that maybe in season two, she starts to grow beyond that, but I haven't seen it yet. All right, let's transition into talking about Camille next, I think. So Camille Ray is an HR director, um, and she is brought along. She's one of the civilians that's brought along through the Stargate onto the ship. And Camille is a pretty interesting character because you never really know where she stands with anybody on the crew. She's usually involved in one scheme or another, just depending on which side of the line she ends up being on. Um, at the beginning of the series, there's this tension building between the military personnel and the civilians. And she does bring up a pretty interesting point. Um, most governments are run by civilian population and then the military support the civilian popula population. So on this spaceship, Destiny, it's pretty interesting because the military immediately took over as the rulers of the ship. And so you see a lot of tension between the two. And Camille is often an instigator in that tension. Um, she goes around behind the colonel's back and she... Um, sides with Dr. Rush from time to time. He's a pretty interesting character in and of himself, but that's something that's really fascinating about her. 
The other thing is that she, because she is an HR person, she does know a lot more about the crew and about the military personnel as well as the civilians than pretty much anybody else on the ship. She has the ability to read people's emotions and people's behaviors and try to understand who they are and how to fit them into the right role. There have been several occasions where she has sided solely with the civilians. There have been other times when she sided with the military personnel as well. So it's kind of hard to say. She starts to form an interesting friendship with Eli, um, which I find to be kind of funny because Eli is this super slacker and Camille is this really go-getter kind of gal. I don't necessarily think of Camille as somebody that you can trust as far as a character on the show. And maybe that's what makes her such a compelling character because she doesn't fit that typical mold of like this meek and predictable person. She's very unpredictable, which I find funny for an HR person, but it really makes her a a really multifaceted character. I think Camille's character was also rather groundbreaking at the time, uh, around 2009. Keep this in mind. But I'm pretty sure uh, she was the first openly gay female character in the Stargate franchise. So that was kind of a big deal at that time. Camille is played by Ming-Na Wen. And you may remember her from the likes of ER. Uh, She's also the voice of Mulan in my favoriteest cartoon ever. Um, As well as she plays... um, Oh man, what is her name on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Oh, goodness. Anyway, but she uh, she is on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and she is amazing on that series. So I'm a big fan of her acting is what I was trying to say. Anyway, I feel like Ming-Na does a really great job of portraying this character and she plays it oh so very well. Camille essentially comes out being a character that you love to hate, but you also are sort of rooting for in the background, too, because sometimes the military personnel on the ship are just dumb. Like, Colonel does some really, really morally bankrupt crap as well. So, anyway. (laughs) Okay, let's dive into the last of sort of the minor characters on the series. It's fascinating because while this is a minor character, always credited after the show is over, um, she also has a lot of depth to her, even though you only see her at certain points during the series. Uh, Her name is Lieutenant Vanessa James, and she is young. Um, I think they quote her age in the series as 26. Lieutenant James is part of the Air Force Special Forces, and she is a good soldier. Um, She is good at taking orders, but she also has such a strong conscience. She's not going to do something that goes against her conscience, and I love that about her. Her and TJ appear to be really good friends, and she also tries to build friendships with other people on the ship and, and bridge gaps between the military and the civilians as well. I like Lieutenant James. She's you know that if something has gone horribly wrong, Lieutenant James is going to come rescue you. And I, and I love that about her. I also appreciate the depth of her emotional range on the series. Um, that's one thing that I think the series does so very well is that sense of despair. Like, can you imagine being sucked from this planet 
into millions of light years from home on this ship that only partially works and is on autopilot and you can't figure out how to control it and people are dying left and right and you see the despair that occasionally peeks through especially with lieutenant james but you also see the hope that she has she's a pretty optimistic person even if she is um even if she's in a difficult situation, she does try her darndest to get through the situation and to rescue. There is a moment in um, episode one, or sorry, season one, episode 14 or 15. I can't quite remember which one, but she just tries so hard to rescue the away team. And when she is defeated, you just really feel for her. I think one of the reasons why I really like Lieutenant James is because even though everybody was unprepared for what had occurred and being sucked into this ship that they can only explore even just a small smidgen of the of the ship, is that while the good and evil that's often prevalent in series like this it's so much less, what's the word, differentiated. There is a lot of gray area. But with Lieutenant James, you know that she's just a solid, decent human being. And she's going to follow her military orders, but she's also going to be a compassionate human. And I deeply appreciate that about her character. The last character that I want to explore this evening is Lieutenant Tamara Johansson, or TJ for short. TJ is the military medic that is aboard the Destiny, and she is by far my favorite character on Stargate Universe. She has so many layers and layers and depths that are still yet to be explored, and I just, oh, I just love her character. So let's dive into that a little bit more. The first thing that I really appreciate about TJ is how compassionate and full of emotion that she is. She has a very unique feminine quality about her with regard to that compassion and emotion. It's not a negative thing in this circumstance. She's capable and she's great under pressure, but she also feels for people. When she loses somebody, she feels it deeply. And you see that at several different points throughout um, the first season, as far as I've been into it. And I really appreciate that about the way that she was written. She's strong. And she's also a little unsure of herself. And I think that's something that's really a powerful thing about her character. She's unsure in many circumstances. And yet, she's certain about very specific things that help keep her going and moving forward. TJ, it appears, became embroiled in a bit of an affair with the colonel earlier before the series started. And there is that tension between the two of them. But TJ doesn't let it affect her ability to do her job well. Because she is a healer, she doesn't really take sides with the military or with the civilians on the ship. And I like that she's kind of that even ground between the two. She's going to help whoever because she took that oath to help whoever. She's not a doctor, but she is a medic of the highest caliber. 
TJ is loyal to people. And because of that loyalty, she also elicits that loyalty from other people. There's this really incredible moment in an episode called Faith. And Lieutenant Scott comes up to her after he after um, she reveals something very big <laughs> about herself to him. And he lets her know that he is behind her 100% and will protect her and stay with her if she decides to stay on the planet or whether she comes back to the ship. He understands her. And um, I think that's something that's really unique to TJ, though, is because she is so loyal to her friends and to the people that she loves that she um, elicits that from other people as well. TJ's strength of character is another thing that I just really love about her. In the episode Faith, again, uh, it was a pivotal episode for TJ in season one. And the thing that I absolutely loved about it, so the colonel tells her that she has to come back to the ship. I think he does it selfishly because he does love her in a way, but she looks at him and you you know, because you're a member of the audience, you know what she's going through and your heart just breaks for her at that moment. And yet you watch her with everything going on right at that moment. You can tell what's going on in her brain. You watch her and her strength of character rise above and she realizes that she does need to be on the ship, that people need her and she stands up and does the right thing. It's a pretty incredible moment if you get an opportunity to watch that. At the end of the day, Stargate Universe is a solid entry into the sci-fi universe. It has a lot of hope and a lot of interesting storylines that go along with the depth of female characters on the series. The series itself does such an incredibly good job at helping the audience feel that sort of fear and terror of such a tragedy happening. And yet the hope of this group of eclectic people who are just trying to get back to earth. I really enjoy it so far and I think I'll probably enjoy it till the end. I bet you can guess where I'm going with the recommendation, gentle listener. I would recommend Stargate Universe if you're not too heavy into the Stargate world. Um, I have heard that some of the other ones are a lot more fun than this one, but this one just sort of scratched that itch uh, for something that was pretty similar to Star Trek Voyager as well as Battlestar Galactica with that style. That leads us into the question of the episode. Have you seen any of the other Stargate shows? And do you have a favorite female character from one of the other Stargate series? I'd love to hear your responses. You can share them over on Twitter at Lasers Lockets, or you can pop in and join us in our Discord channel. The link will be in the show notes. And that'll be it for this episode of Lasers and Lockets. We'll see you back here in two weeks. Until then, don't be afraid to take a Kino out for a spin on an alien planet. Just remember, if the Stargate is about to close, stick your arm through it. The ancients built in a safety device. Get your nerd on and be awesome. All right. <laughs>